Hey there, and welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kinsey Dozinski, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach. And this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and live mutually empowered, purposeful lives. Thank you for being here and joining me today. In the spirit of Thanksgiving, I'm really grateful that you're here and listening and that you value this content enough to show up each and every week. I hope it continues to be helpful and is impacting your marriage. And speaking of Thanksgiving, there will not be an episode next week, the week of Thanksgiving, but I'll talk to you again the first week of December. But this episode marks the end of our How to Build a Strong Marriage series, which started back with episode 63. In last week's episode, we talked about finding and making meaning, and this week, we're talking about how to do that without losing each other in the process. So one of the things I see a lot in premarital and couples therapy is the fear of losing one's identity in marriage. On the premarital side, especially when couples have spent time living on their own through their late 20s and 30s, couples tend to be surprised by the fact that even though they're so excited to be getting married and to have found their person to share life with, transitioning into life together and moving toward marriage often brings a sense of uncertainty and fear of giving up this personal identity that has carried them through years of singleness. And it's very normal to experience this. We talked about this some in our transition series last fall. But our society doesn't do the best job of pointing to a healthy model for marriage, one in which both individuality is retained while marital intimacy deepens. And so when couples get married without having this information prior, many of them don't know how to do both at the same time. So when this happens, what I usually see, I kind of see this at three different times. After the first few years, between years 8 and 12, and especially as couples reach an empty nest, is one or both partners reporting that they've lost themselves in each other and they don't know how to be individuals anymore, or that they're totally disconnected and emotionally cut off and seem to have lost each other along the way. And as we talked about last week, we're meaning-making beings. So because we're going to do that to try and find and make meaning out of life, none of us escapes having to work out this dynamic in marriage. Because as married couples, not only are we finding and making meaning personally, but we're also having to navigate how to share and make meaning together. We're having to learn to balance our own sense of self while learning to live out of our marital identity all at the same time. So what I'd like to do today is give you three different equations with three different outcomes to help you understand what's unhealthy versus what's healthy and to help you, wherever you are, maintain your individual sense of meaning and purpose while creating a shared sense of depth and meaning in your marriage. But before I do, this episode is brought to you by my free research-based relationship quiz. Have you ever wanted a professional insider's look at your relationship? Well, I've created a free quiz that lets you in on the state of your relationship based on four different components of marital health. After taking the quiz, you'll receive your score, followed by an email with a description of your score, next steps to take, and a prayer for your marriage. To get started, simply visit bravemarriage.com quiz. Again, that's bravemarriage.com quiz. The first equation that leads not to a strong marriage but to an unhealthy one is individual meaning minus intimate relationship equals parallel lives or divorce. Let me say that again. Individual meaning minus an intimate relationship 
equals living parallel lives and some couples choose to divorce. What I'm talking about here is spouses who intentionally live their lives but don't know how to include each other in them along the way. I've listened to a good number of business and entrepreneurial podcasts over the years, and on more than one occasion, I've heard something similar to the following sentiment. I was married, and my ex was a great person and still is, but I simply outgrew him or her. And I have to say, this reasoning intrigues me whenever I hear it. It's like they equated their ex to a pair of perfect-fitting pants and then slowly but surely outgrew them. And it wasn't that anything was wrong with them, they just no longer fit. And I can understand where people are coming from here, and that's certainly one way to narrate the story. But another way is just to say, you know, I came to a point in my life and career where I wanted different things than my spouse. And for various reasons, I chose my career rather than to continue my marriage. But at any rate, I thought this anecdote exemplified how when we make meaning apart from our marriages and we don't take time to check in with each other or intentionally invest in the relationship along the way, the slow drift and the parallel lives will become a sure thing. Because marriages don't stand still in time, they either grow closer or they drift apart. So if you find yourself in a marriage where you feel like you're living separate lives, the first thing I would do is pause and reflect. Where did we drift apart? What kind of life was my spouse living when that happened? What kind of life was I living? Were there points in time when my spouse tried to check in with me or express how he or she was feeling? Were there times when I tried something? And how do I feel about where we are now? Sad? Numb? Indifferent? Comfortable? Once you've taken a look at those things from both sides, I would do one of two things. If you still feel close enough to have a conversation, I would try to express how you feel and include a potential solution, like setting aside a regular date night or whatever the next smallest step is for you and your marriage. But if you're certain that your distance has grown beyond accepting each other's influence, I would try and make one tiny behavioral change to try and reconnect with your spouse such as asking for your spouse's input on something you know they would enjoy with you or would be willing to engage in again. Now, the second equation that leads to an unhealthy marriage is an overly connected relationship minus individual meaning equals codependent lives or false intimacy. When I was still in school, I was assigned to interview couples on occasion to get a better sense of relational dynamics so that I could better understand these concepts that I'm now teaching you. Well, there was one couple whom I thought had a healthy marriage, right? They kind of looked like the perfect Christian couple version of all the rom-com or Nicholas Sparks couples. Always together, always holding hands, sweet as can be. And before I knew what I know now about healthy relationships in real life, I was sure that I was going to glean so much wisdom and insight from their relationship. Well, it didn't take long once we got into the interview for me to sense that something was a little off. Behind closed doors, this was a very one-sided relationship, one in which one partner was high-achieving and had made a ton of meaning in their own life and career, and quite honestly thought a lot about themselves, which was dependent on their partner enabling them to do so, and it was as if, though, that the other partner was just along for the ride. 
And this happens occasionally, where each partner overfunctions and underfunctions in various areas of life, which leads to a false sense of intimacy initially, but over time, resentment and bitterness, because the partner who's not getting the glory in the world or not getting support as a person can't live like that forever without having feelings about it. But when both partners have been complicit in creating this dynamic, it's often confusing and hard to learn how to do marriage differently. So in their own ways, couples like these wind up anxious and dependent on one another to maintain the status quo, not because it's healthy, but because it's seemingly functional to them. And they no longer know how to function without each other. Remember when I thought this was sweet as can be because it's the version of relationships that I often saw in movies growing up and even in the church? Well, now I know that there's nothing sweet about two grown-ups who can't function without each other. So here's what I want you to take away from this cautionary tale. There is a difference between codependency and comfort and caretaking. Comfort and caretaking says, out of my fullness and personal self-care, I give my love to you. Whereas codependency says, I give out of my sense of insufficiency and lack in hopes that I will be needed and that you will be the one to fill me up. So if you find yourself in a similar relationship, one where you feel close to your partner, but that closeness is based on feeling like you can't live without them or like you wouldn't know how to function without being husband's wife or wife's husband, and this dynamic is confusing and distressing to you, the first thing I would do is seek marriage counseling. I'm serious. Because it's important to get support from someone who understands this dynamic and can help you find and make meaning as individuals while also knowing how to instruct you in developing new resiliency skills and new relationship skills as you both work together to develop a healthier sense of self and a healthier reliance on one another. And the third equation that leads to a healthy marriage is individual meaning plus an intimate relationship equals interdependent lives and shared meaning. Another interview I conducted in school was with a couple who exemplified this well. Both spouses overall enjoyed what they did for work, and in seasons where work was harder or less fulfilling, they took action, doing what they needed to do to make meaning in such seasons. One spouse started a Bible study at work, and another took some time off to spend time with the kids, and then went back to work in the same field but in a different position. They reported that based on the way that they grew up, they were committed in their own marriage to resolve conflict, to problem-solve together, and to make couple time and sexual intimacy a priority, even and especially in the midst of parenting. What's more is that every year, they decided on doing something together that would force them out of their comfort zones. So they had individual meaning, an intimate relationship, and the result was a dynamic and vibrant marriage full of life and full of love for their family, for each other, and their community. I know this couple's dynamic sounds ideal and hard to attain, and it is because of the intentionality it requires. But I don't want you to get the impression that they're perfect people with a perfect marriage, or that they haven't faced hardship over the years. After all, it's pretty difficult to escape hard times when you intentionally are pushing yourself past your comfort zone. But this couple could clearly name which years over the decades had been hardest in their marriage. And so I want you to have a realistic picture of what it means to create and share meaning. 
It means being intentional and knowing that your intentionality will lead to intimacy, vitality, and shared meaning. And that, in and of itself, will be worth it and carry you through the seasons of hardship, suffering, and circumstances that are out of your control. A healthy marriage means enjoying being together, but also being okay when you're not. It means differentiating enough to hold space when one partner is in a season of life that they enjoy and another partner is struggling. Very rarely do we as couples grow at the same pace or in the same regard, and making room for each other and meeting the other where they are is vital. And finally, living an interdependent life within a healthy marriage looks like going out into the world and coming back to each other, having already found meaning in your identity in Christ, as we talked about last week, and then making meaning both as individuals and as a couple through an intentional investment in both. So I hope you've enjoyed this series. I hope it's given you a clear picture of how to build a strong marriage and what it looks like when you get to the top of the house, when you get to the roof of the house, if you will, where you're kind of looking at everything you've built and enjoying the meaning that you've made together. Your action step for today is to identify which of these three equations you're currently living out and then follow the advice accordingly knowing that these podcast episodes are not a substitute for in-office professional therapy. And my prayer for your marriage is that your lives would be enriched as you discover the abundance God has for you together. I pray that just as we are individual members of the same body in Christ, that your marriage would reflect the same, that he might get the glory and that your marriage would be blessed. Have a happy Thanksgiving. I'll be back in December and I'll talk to you again soon. Love is not a Love is not a bond Love is just as fragile as it is